Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When a man fails to pick up his wife at the airport, it sets off alarms. I waited and I waited and two hours later, I was like, I don't know where he is. Monday night, I get a call from Lori saying, is Hoagie with you? I'm like, well, why would Hoagie be with me? The more I found out and the more I heard, the more frightened I got. Back at home, everything he owns seems to still be there. His shoes were here, his keys were here, his wallet was here. It didn't make any sense as to how he could have disappeared. Police are baffled when searches for the devoted father of three turn up nothing. You really wonder where could this suspicious disappearance have occurred. A troubled son with some unsavory associates might hold the answer. He went down and confronted these people, and I don't think that was a good idea. Did Robert Hoagland walk away from his life, or is he the victim of foul play? How do you explain somebody just vanishing off the face of the earth? July 28, 2013. It's a quiet early Sunday morning in Newtown, Connecticut, a small, classic New England city. 50-year-old Robert Hoagland is off to an early start with a stop at his favorite breakfast place. My father would always go to pick up a dozen bagels and bring them back on a weekend morning. Hoagie, as his friends and family call him, Next heads to a local gas station. He purchases a map. He was a map guy. He didn't have GPSs, he had maps to go everywhere. He had 10,000 maps, you know, inside doors, pockets of his cars. Back home in the Sandy Hook section of Newtown, Hoagie shares his bagels with his middle son, 23-year-old Max. Hoagie and Max are bacheloring it alone at home, while Hoagie's wife, Lori, is away on a trip to Turkey with a childhood friend. Hoagie has long been a dedicated family man to his wife and three sons. He always made sure to make time to hang out with us. He always tried to incorporate 
everybody as a family into, you know, certain fun activities um, before his work. Work came second, family came first. And he would have done anything for my brothers and my mother and myself. Training as professional chefs, Hoagie and Lori met in their early 20s at the Culinary Institute of America. And I was sitting with my roommate on the softball field and his team was coming on and I saw him walking towards the field and I said, you see that one over there? And she said, yeah, I said, I want that one. I'm gonna marry him. They both graduated from the Culinary Institute of America um, and then I was born. Um, it, was, it was pretty funny. I was actually at their wedding as a baby. It was pretty cool. He was kind, he was thoughtful, he was sincere and genuine and warm and loving and caring. Yeah, he was a good man. 25 years later, Lori teaches culinary arts at a local high school. But Hoagie became disillusioned with the restaurant business years ago. He realized that doing the business that he was doing, he was missing his children's life because the hours of, you know, of a chef or a cook are, are ridiculous. And so Hoagie made an effort to be involved by sort of changing the entire course of his career. To shift gears, in 2001, Hoagie studied to get his license as a real estate appraiser, a job that gives him more free time to go to his son's games and concerts. He kind of fell into it, and, and he liked it. I mean, he was good at it, and he was happy doing it. He attended all of our sports games. All three of us, we played soccer as, as kids, and he did not miss a game. In the summer of 2012, Hoagie began moonlighting as a clerk at the law firm of a family friend in Bridgeport, Connecticut, about 30 minutes away from home. He didn't have any legal background, but that's what his friend needed, and so he was doing what he could to help him out. On the surface, everything seems just like usual this Sunday morning. Around 11 o'clock, Hoagie fires up his lawnmower. Max gets the keys to the car from his dad and heads out. All the time she is away, Lori and Hoagie keep in touch. The day before I was flying back, I sent him an email saying, are you going to be able to pick me up? But if Hoagie got her message, he never replied. According to our friends, Hoagie was excited that I was coming home, and he did make sure to, to let people know that he was going to be picking me up. Um, I never heard from him. Lori arrives late Monday afternoon. I was excited to, you know, to see him, and he wasn't there. So I started dialing Hoagie's cell phone number, and there was no answer. I waited and I waited and, you know, two hours later, I was like, I don't know where he is. I don't know what's going on. I called Hoagie's boss to see if they had heard from him. He didn't show up for work that day. He hadn't called to say he wouldn't be at work. Um, and he hadn't responded to any of his, uh, the attorney's phone calls, which was very unusual for Hoagie. Annoyed her husband seems to have forgotten her, Lori takes a cab to her stepsister's home. She calls everyone she can think of trying to track Hoagie down. I did know that he was supposed to pick Lori up on Monday, and Monday night I get a call from Lori 
saying, is Hoagie with you? I'm like, well, why would Hoagie be with me? Well, he didn't pick me up at the airport. I was hysterical. I thought maybe he got the date wrong and had gone to Cape Cod with our friends, the Smiths. The more I found out as I made phone calls, the more worried I got about him. Finally, around 7.30 p.m. on Monday, July 29th, Lori Hoagland calls the Newtown police to report her husband missing. We knew when when, uh, Lori was coming home, so I knew something was wrong. I knew that something was was uh, was not right. Obviously, he didn't forget about it. Something happened. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Convinced something bad has happened to her husband, Robert Hoagland, Lori calls police, who put out a be-on-the-lookout alert for his car. We got a what we call a hit, which is a notification that another agency had run that plate very recently. It happened to be uh, Bridgeport. Around 9 p.m. Monday, a Bridgeport police officer spots Hoagie's vehicle parked where it shouldn't be. 
a rather rundown section of Bridgeport known for drug activity. Um, typical for any officer who finds a vehicle that's parked in that area to run it. The officer asks for the driver's ID. It's Hoagie's son, Max. And the police found Max and the car, but not Hoagie. When the officer makes the connection, he calls Lori. She is stunned that Max has come to this part of town. A year earlier, he had been arrested for shoplifting to get money for drugs. He'd only recently moved back in with his parents after living with his grandmother. They believe Lori's mother couldn't handle it anymore. So Lori and Hoagie took him back. And um, Hoagie was fine with that. You know, he's, he wanted to help his son. He had, you know, very great concerns about Max and Max's health and Max's uh, future and making sure that Max was safe. Lori is desperate to find out what her son knows. I got on the phone with Max and I said, Max, do you know where dad is? Where, where, you know, you're the last person that saw him. And he said, no, mom, I don't know. Max tells her the last time he saw his dad, he was mowing the lawn the day before on Sunday. He said he wasn't there when I returned on Sunday night. He wasn't there when I left in the morning. And he said he'd tried to call him on his cell phone a number of times, and he never responded. The more I found out and the more I heard, the more frightened I got. The Bridgeport officer tells Lori Max has admitted to being in the area for drugs and tells her he is arresting Max for trespassing and taking him downtown. They wanted to sort of keep an eye on Max and not because they suspected Max, but because he was the last person to see my husband. Um, and so they wanted to be able to question him. It's more than Lori can take. 24 hours earlier, she was on an exotic vacation with her closest friend. And tonight, her husband's missing and her son is arrested. Lori has her stepsister drive her back to a friend's house in Newtown. People weren't sure if it was even safe for me to come home because we just didn't know what happened. She does come to the house the following morning. I was looking around. I was trying to, you know, find clues. She finds Hoagie's loafers where he always leaves them. When he was home, he always wore his loafers. Those were his shoes. That's it. That's what he wore. His white T-shirt and khaki shorts are in the laundry. The police discover Hoagie's sneakers next to the lawnmower, which has been put away in the garage. His phone was here. His medication that he took every day was here. His passport was here. There didn't seem to be anything missing. The only thing that was missing was his wallet and the car key. The police find nothing at the house that explains the mystery of Hoagie's disappearance. The case is assigned to Lieutenant Richard Robinson. He's the detective in charge of investigations at Newtown Police Department, where six months earlier, he was part of the response team to one of the most tragic shootings in U.S. history. Breaking news coming to us from Newtown, Connecticut. Sandy Hook Elementary School, this is K through four kids, where there has been a mass shooting this morning. On December 14, 2012, 
a gunman killed 20 children and six adults at the local Sandy Hook Elementary School. The tragedy is still palpable in Newtown. I think everyone is in a, a much better place since 1214, but there are some who, who are still having real difficulty, uh, especially with parents with school-age kids. Hoagie's disappearance doesn't get much publicity in the wake of the intensive national coverage about the school shootings. But the case is front and center for Robinson. Lieutenant Robinson came to me and said, if there's anything that you can think of, you know, no matter how silly it may seem, just, you know, let me know and we'll, we'll follow through. Detective Robinson believes it's possible Hoagie may have walked away voluntarily for a while, especially after he learns from Lori it wouldn't be the first time. Mr. Hoagland had disappeared from his family at one time earlier in their life when they were living out in California. It happened 19 years earlier, in 1994, when their children were small. The Hoaglands had followed a dream to California. We packed up our life and put it into a U-Haul and headed west with three little boys no place to live, and no jobs. Um, and it wasn't the wisest choice. It was a time in the family's life where they were having some financial difficulty. It was tougher for Hoagie to get a job than the Hoaglands had imagined. Finally, he got work as a chef at a country club. After several weeks, things seemed to be going well. He left for work pretty early that morning and said, don't wait up for me tonight. We've got a lot of functions going on, so I'll probably be pretty late. And I love you. Have a good day. And off he went to work. I'm like, okay, no problem. But he never came home. Lori learned Hoagie had been let go two days earlier. It's believed that Mr. Hoagland left to try to earn some money and send it back to the family. Three weeks later, he returned. We had a tearful and happy reunion. And he basically said, I just got scared. I felt ashamed because I couldn't, you know, support you and the boys. Certainly, if he was trying to disappear at that time, he didn't do a very good job of it because he took the family vehicle. He was also using credit cards, and he was easily tracked by the family. We don't know if that was a possibly a dry run for something he might try in the future, or if it was as it was presented by the family, just he was trying to make the family money and he wasn't trying to disappear at that time. People will think, oh, well, he left once before, why wouldn't he leave again? Because things were different, because our relationship was different, because his relationship with his children was different. Tracking Hoagie's credit card purchases Police trace his movements on the Sunday he disappeared. Witnesses put him at the bagel shop and not long after at the mobile station. Security cameras inside captured the last known images of Hoagie before he vanished. The importance of this is that we can actually get a timestamp of when he was here and what he did. We know that Mr. Hoagland went into the mobile, he purchased gas, in a map of the eastern United States. That map became an important part of our early investigation because it led us to believe that he might have chosen to go and disappear on his own.
and security camera pictures showing him withdrawing $600 in cash from his bank the Thursday before he went missing seem to further support this theory. If Hoagie did go off on his own, it's hard to understand why he'd left behind his shoes, blood pressure medicine, cell phone, passport, and thousands of dollars. Several days after uh, Mr. Hoagland was reported missing, Mrs. Hoagland was able to get into Mr. Hoagland's safe. And uh, all the cash that he normally had in there was still there. So it certainly doesn't show that he used those means to help himself disappear. Maybe this is not just a simple disappearance. Maybe there's something suspicious going on. A neighbor backs up Max's account that Hoagie was mowing the lawn on Sunday. It seems an odd thing to do for a man who is planning to disappear. It is the thing that Hoagie would do um, for me because I'm coming home and he was getting the house ready for me to come back. And that is honestly who he was. That's what he would do. The last time Lori had returned from a trip away, Hoagie had welcomed her with a homemade heart on her pillow. Ten days into the investigation, the detective isn't sure what to think. When you go through the house with cadaver dogs and four or five different teams of police officers and all of them find nothing of any suspicion, uh, you really wonder where could this uh, suspicious disappearance have occurred we found nowhere. Um, all of his cars have been accounted for now. The one car that Max had been using was forensically searched to no avail. So we're, we're wondering, just like everyone else, where did Mr. Hoagland go? Then, two weeks after her husband disappeared, Lori moves back into her home and makes a shocking discovery. She finds the only two things the police thought Hoagie must have taken with him. The wallet and the car keys were hidden on a chair in our bedroom um, underneath a doll that was my doll from when I was a child. He had hidden them there just to keep them out of Max's sight. All the blood drained from my body. I just, it was very shocking to find them because it was the last little piece um, of the puzzle that really made me feel like something had happened to Hoagie. That certainly led us early on to believe that this was a non-voluntary disappearance. There definitely was something suspicious going on and certainly pointed towards Bridgeport and Max and the drugs. The uncertainties surrounding Robert Hoagland's disappearance send his family into an emotional tailspin. I last spoke to him about two weeks before he disappeared. I would always update him on what is going on down in my life down in South Carolina. Hoagie's oldest son, Chris, gets the news on Tuesday, two days after his father disappeared. On Wednesday, he arrives to comfort his mother. It was very hard. I've never experienced anything like that before. I've never heard of anybody experiencing losing a father in a way where he's disappeared. I didn't know how to deal with it with my mother because we were both so hurt. 
She was a basket case. I mean, you tread lightly. I mean, you don't know if somebody's dead, you don't know if somebody's alive. There's no good outcome for Lori. Here, there's, there's two outcomes. Either he took off on her or he's dead. How do you comfort somebody with those two outcomes? Sometimes you don't know what to say. Sometimes you don't say anything. Sometimes you just hug them. Making things even more painful is that Lori and Hoagie's son, Max, who had been in trouble with the law before because of drug addiction issues, is now in jail on a trespassing charge. It definitely made the situation worse. That was also hard to hear that a younger brother of mine was in jail during a really, really bad time for the whole family. Max had been struggling with a drug addiction for you know, a couple of years, and he'd been in rehab a couple of times. Newtown investigators questioned Max. Asking Max what his involvement was, whether he knew where his father was, how he got the car that night, uh, when was the last time he saw his father. He tells police he knows nothing about Hoagie's disappearance, but he does drop one bombshell. He says there was a confrontation between his father and some guys Max knew at a seedy, abandoned factory in Bridgeport just days before Hoagie disappeared. There was a believed altercation between some of Max's associates and Mr. Hoagland and Max over two missing computers. That led us to believe that if there was a likely uh, incident where Mr. Hoagland met with some foul end, that this was a potential uh, avenue that we had to explore. While she was away, Lori had received disturbing emails from Hoagie about the theft of Lori's laptop computers. Hoagie had locked them up in her car to keep Max from selling them to buy drugs. Hoagie was hiding everything from Max um, to make sure that things weren't being stolen. So he took the laptops, put them in the car, blocked the car in the garage. Max found the keys and took the car while his father was sleeping. Recently, he had been frequenting a rundown area in Bridgeport, stripping metal from abandoned buildings to sell for drug money. Max had taken uh, Mrs. Hoagland's car without permission down to Bridgeport to do some metal scrapping in a, an old abandoned uh, Remington firearms building. Max's statement was that he realized the computers were there after he'd already gotten down to Bridgeport. Max says he brought the computers into the derelict building where his buddies were squatting and hid them. He didn't want to leave the computers in the car because he was afraid they'd get stolen. So uh, he brought them in to the building where he was meeting some people. And the computers disappeared. He reported this to his father, and he and his father went back down to Bridgeport to where the computers were last seen and confronted Max's associates, who denied any knowledge of the computers. Hoagie wrote Lori that he was trying to get the computers back. We've been looking for these guys all afternoon and checking pawn shops. We managed to corner this guy in the building lead pipes in our hands for protection, but he wouldn't give up any info. Of course, we weren't going to bash him around, but he didn't know that. He felt like he let her down because Max, because this had happened under his watch. 
Hoagie had told his best friend Dave Smith about the altercation. He went down and confronted these people um, in Bridgeport, and, uh, and I don't think that was a good idea. I said to him, what, what are you doing? What are you, what are you out of your mind? You do something like that again, you know, you call me or, you know, maybe I'll go with you or maybe I'll try and talk you out of it. I hope he didn't do anything stupid, but I don't know what he did. I don't know what happened to him. When Max had come back to live with them, the Hoaglands had laid down the law about his drug use. He was in rehab, but Hoagie suspected Max was using again. He couldn't bring himself to cut him off. He loved his son too much. He read, he needs help. I just don't know where to get it. I'm so sorry I wasn't able to keep him from doing what he has done. I know you trusted him here with me. Damn it. And that was one of the very last emails I got from Hoagie. I think that maybe what happened was, you know, Lori's coming back on Monday. Max tells his dad, you know, I have a lead, we can get these computers back, let's, 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 let's go. So he goes down there with Max and he tells Max to stay in the car and he goes to confront these people again and something went bad. That's what I think. Detectives searched the derelict building in Bridgeport and tracked down the men. Every one of them was uh, later identified and interviewed. They deny having anything to do with the computers or Mr. Hoagland after the night of the confrontation. Investigators are interested to learn that one of the men has a vehicle. So his van was forensically searched and there was no evidence linking uh, that van to Mr. Hoagland and no evidence to show that there was any crime involved with Mr. Hoagland in his disappearance. Cadaver dogs are used to search the building but come up empty. Max was never considered a suspect, however, he was considered a person of interest. We had Max agree to take a polygraph exam, um, and Max was able to pass the polygraph exam. We asked Max to provide a written uh, statement for us that we sent down to the FBI for statement analysis. It was the FBI's opinion that Max was being truthful and honest in the written statement that he provided. So we, at this time, have no reason to believe that Max was involved in the disappearance of his father. No longer a person of interest, but now just someone who has you know, the likelihood of being the last person to see Mr. Hoagland alive. After pleading guilty to the trespassing charge, Max is released on August 15th, 17 days after his father went missing. Veering from the idea that Hoagie is the victim of foul play, Detectives consider whether he may be missing due to some kind of accident or possibly even suicide. Newtown police have cadaver dogs search the wooded area abutting the Hoagland home. The first search that we had conducted with the dogs was a, roughly about a mile radius from the house. Uh, we subsequently had cadaver dogs come back on two additional uh, occasions to complete a larger, uh, roughly about three mile radius around the home, and they found nothing of any interest. This is the Putatuck River right here, and this is all part of the Putatuck State Forest. Just a short distance from the Hoagland home is Lake Zor, formed by a nearby river. It's completely accessible from several areas and has some quick currents. Officials decide to search for signs of Hoagie with sonar. 
We had the lake from this bridge down to about a mile and a half down at the other dam, swept by side-scanning sonar to see if there was anything that could be a body. Nothing was found. This whole case is incredibly frustrating, and as frustrating as it is for us, I can imagine it's 100 times more for the family. Soon, Chris has to return to work in South Carolina, and Lori's youngest son, Sam, departs for study abroad in Europe. More than a month after her husband vanishes, it seems so do the last fragments of Lori's optimism. Then, one September day in 2013, someone reports seeing Hoagie alive and well in Rhode Island. 50-year-old Robert Hoagland, a married father of three, disappeared from his home in Newtown, Connecticut. Someone saw a person fitting Hoagland's description on Route 117 carrying a large backpack. In the days and weeks after Robert Hoagland went missing, conflicting reports and angles on the case frustrate investigators. You find a new bit of information on any given day and it makes you lean towards, okay, he's chosen to leave and this is something that he's done on his own and then the next day another piece of information comes up and you say, well, no, maybe now it's not by his choice and maybe he was abducted or he was murdered. No one who knows him thinks Hoagie would ever abandon his sons. He wouldn't leave his kids. Absolutely not. I know he didn't take off on his kids. There was never a time when I thought that he would just leave, nor did anyone else in my family, nor did any of his best friends. It's what makes me think something happened. Still. Lori cooperates fully with investigators as they dig into Hoagie's life. She hands over his personal computer to police for forensic analysis. They find a program on it designed to clear out any trace of searches on the internet. It was put on within the past month prior to Mr. Hoagland's disappearance. We don't know if the cleaning was done intentionally by Mr. Hoagland or if it was just set up as a, as a routine maintenance but it certainly did make it very difficult forensically to uh, locate where Mr. Hoagland had been going on the web. Police also examine the computer Hoagie used at the law office where he worked. They find he has searched an address in Rhode Island on numerous occasions. That address was investigated, and again, just another dead end. That was one of the reasons, though, that we did do some additional media in the Rhode Island area. Several people in Rhode Island come forward to say they've seen a man who fits his description. Now, investigators there want people in the Warwick, West Warwick area to be on the lookout. Someone saw a person fitting Hoagland's description on Route 117 carrying a large backpack. Could the sightings be related to the map of the eastern U.S. that Hoagie purchased the day he vanished? Hoagie's position was that he really wanted to save Max and one of his potential solutions was to take Max onto the Appalachian Trail with a backpack full of food and blankets and just go for a month. My initial thought was the map was for showing Max where they were going, teaching him how to read a map and they would have a father-son kind of adventure together for a little while. 
Perhaps Hoagie had decided he couldn't get away for a long trip with Max and simply went off by himself for a while and had some kind of accident. A week before he disappeared, he had told his friend Dave that he was unhappy working at the law office. Hoagie was stressed out. He was under a lot of pressure. He was telling me that he was going to quit. I think he had too many things coming at him at once. Dealing with that, dealing with Max, dealing with, uh, you know, the appraisal business. So there's a lot on his plate. It turns out that a couple of the sightings are discredited and the others can't be confirmed. Tips closer to home come in. We also had additional possible sightings of Mr. Hoagland locally in Brookfield, one town over. Hoagie was allegedly spotted getting into a car with New York plates outside a store. Security camera footage from inside the store shows a man who does look something like him. I looked at the videotape and thought, well, there are parts of this that could kind of look like him, but the gate wasn't proper. I don't believe that was him. It wasn't Hoagie. I could tell by the way he walked. It, it, it wasn't him. Not even close. For about the 20 or 30th time during this investigation, I thought, oh, here we go. We can actually finally close this case. We found Robert Hoagland. And then, just like all the other times, when we actually get down to the brass tacks of making that identification, we just couldn't do it. All these sightings leading nowhere are heartbreaking for Lori and her sons. It does put me on an emotional roller coaster. But worse than that, I think it does way more damage to my kids because I think every time they hear that they've found him or that he's possibly been seen, they believe that. The fact that all of these opportunities have turned out to be nothing, I think it's, it's devastating to my kids emotionally. Hoagie went missing six months after the Sandy Hook Elementary School shootings. Conspiracy theorists went on social media and tried to link Hoagie's disappearance to that tragedy. We continually get the fringe group who continually call and harass residents and say there's no way this happened, it was all a hoax. Because Hoagie lived not far from the school, there's speculation on websites and message boards that he was a witness, disappeared to keep him quiet, or even involved somehow. There are 30 pages worth of threads about how we're covering up information, we're only revealing information when it's convenient to the story. I took it with a grain of salt because you have to. My son Christopher didn't feel the same way and he felt that he should defend the family. Chris decides to move back home to help his mother. He is appalled at the comments online about his family. My father was nowhere near the level of going to help out someone shoot a school. That just doesn't make any sense. And for people to say that and for people to accuse my father of being involved with the Sandy Hook shooting was, it was wrong, it was rude. It hurt, it hurt me really bad. I was very angry. Some of the websites, you get all this crap from the lunatic fringe that's out there with all their speculation that really doesn't help anything. All I can say is that it's real. He's missing, and we want to find him. Months pass, and even the crazies on the internet go quiet. When winter comes and the leaves are off the trees, state police conduct a flyby of Newtown's forested areas looking for any sign of Hoagie's remains. They find nothing. 
Lori is facing what she thinks is a dark truth. I don't think he's alive. I don't. Then, just a little over a year after Robert Hoagland disappeared, a report comes in that raises new hopes. July 28, 2014. A year has passed since Hoagie disappeared. Family and friends hold paper lantern memorials on the anniversary. The case goes cold, but the hunt continues. Hoagie's friend Dave Smith recruits some experts to look through Hoagie's financial records for clues. We went back five years. There's nothing that stood out and said, you know, Hoagie's taking money here and, and, and putting it away. There's, there was nothing unusual about anything in the financial statements. Nothing. In August, Lieutenant Robinson has billboards with Hoagie's face on them put up in the Bridgeport area. They are up for a month, but no new leads come in. It still remains a mystery where Mr. Hoagland is. For Lori, the new normal is life without her husband she finds herself going numb. Then, one day, she learns from a Google alert that Hoagie may have been spotted working in a restaurant in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I couldn't explain it away, really. It actually almost made a little bit of sense, and so I thought, wow, this really could be something. The Hoaglands often visited South Carolina, and if Hoagie was going to leave his family and career to go hide out somewhere he'd probably be doing his favorite thing, cooking. I called the lieutenant and I said, could you explain this to me? Here's the story. We got a tip that he's possibly in Myrtle Beach, so we contacted the police down there. It turns out the tip actually comes from a psychic. There have been various psychics that have had opinions and astrologers that have had opinions and mediums that have opinions. Some people say he's alive. Some people say he's not alive. The Myrtle Beach police walk Hoagie's picture around local restaurants, but have no luck. More than two years since Hoagie's disappearance, there is little more information about what might have happened to him than there was the day he didn't arrive to pick Lori up at the airport. It's hard, you know, I mean, how do you explain somebody just vanishing off the face of the earth? He was gone. Stop. <sighs> While the case may appear to have come to a standstill, life has kept moving for the Hoaglands. Chris gets his master's degree in education in 2015 and is teaching at an elementary school in Newtown. Hoagie's absence was really noticeable. We're going to have weddings. We're going to have babies. I'm mourning my future. I, I miss my husband desperately, but I mourn the things that we're not going to get to experience as a couple. I'm going to miss him being there at my wedding. I missed him at graduation. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard telling my kids when I have kids. I don't know where their grandfather is. Um, that's, that's also pretty hard. Lori and Hoagie's youngest son, Sam, moves to Australia where he is working in a restaurant. It's sometimes easier to not be here because everything here reminds you of Hoagie and 
the fact that he's not here and the fact that we don't know where he is. Max's addiction made dealing with his father's disappearance even harder. But recently, Lori says he is clean, on methadone, and working in a town about 40 minutes away. Max is doing well. He's in recovery, which is a great thing. He's wrestling with this just like the rest of us. He feels that people blame him for his father's disappearance. And I think that's a pretty heavy burden to carry. He loves his dad and he would never do anything to hurt him or to lead him into danger. So I think that for Max, this has been incredibly difficult in a different way than his brothers. I don't like to see cases left unsolved, particularly missing persons cases. Missing person cases create even more carnage than, than a murder case does because at least with a murder case, families have some sort of resolution. At least they know what happened to their loved ones. In a missing person case, the family that's left behind has no idea what happened to their loved ones. So they're always left wondering, what, what is it that happened? Why, why did he disappear? I do think something happened to him as opposed to this being his choice. I wish I had the answer. If he is out there, I would hope he would just walk up to the front door again and just come back home. I miss the guy a lot. It's hard without him, but I still don't think he left just on his own will. When asked what she would say to Hoagie if he's alive. Come home. Come home. We need him. I do. If he were to have done this on purpose, there had to have been a good reason. Let's talk about this and see what it, what it was. If he ever walked in here or came back, I mean, I've, I've had dreams. Did I see him or something? I mean, would I smack him? Say, what, what, are you, what are you doing? Or would I hug him and then smack him? You know, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, I miss him. That's all I can tell you is I miss him. Hoagie's loved ones believe someone out there has the answers they all desperately seek. I do think that somebody out there knows what happened to Hoagie, and, uh, you know, I, I wish he would come forward so we can get to the bottom of this for his family and for his kids. If you have any information about Robert Hoagland or his disappearance, please contact Lieutenant Richard Robinson with the Newtown Police Department at 203-270-4255. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.